Amen. Joshua chapter 2, you don't have to stand. I would ask you to, but I'm just, I need to read the whole chapter this morning. And um, so just be patient with me. And um, as I said earlier, you know, um, I honestly really hadn't had anything to say. I've really been discouraged. I felt heaviness. Um, I have felt the dark. Um, I've been discouraged. Um, when heroes in my life are discouraged and doubting, then it really spurs that on in my life. And, um, and, and so I just, I just know that there is an attack of the, of, of, of the enemy upon the church. And, and here's another attack that I know, you know, is there's, a ta- there's an attack right now on the ministry of the prophetic. There's a great attack on the ministry of the prophetic. Because prophetic people flow in the supernatural. So that tells me not only is there an attack on the prophetic, but there's an attack on the supernatural. And so they would love for us to shut our mouth. They would love for us to revert back and not say anything. And there's even attack within those within the kingdom of God that are talking about one another. That are putting down prophets that have spoken, I believe, for God. You prophesy in part. Do, 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 do I think that what we're seeing is legit? No. Am I here to, to debate and determine all of that? No, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be a shepherd to you this morning. And here's what I know. I didn't have anything to say until Thursday night. I'll be honest with you. Sister Tanea Gotti's here. She's a missionary to India. She's traveled all around the world. You know, and I was like, until Thursday night, she said Friday, she said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I think God's gave me a word for our people Sunday morning. And so I believe that this is to encourage us. And I just heard the Lord say simply to me. I'm not going to preach. This is a simple word. But I just simply heard the Lord say, quit looking back, look up, and look ahead. We can't look back. We got to quit looking back. We got to quit looking at the television. They'll lie to you. They're they're liars, amen? It's not up to them. We have to pray. It's not up to Fox News. Everything in this world will fail you. Everything in the world will fail you. Everything we've put our hope in will fail you. If you put your your hope in 401k, guess what? This new election may get it all. And what good does it matter anyway? You've let it sway your walk with Jesus for too long now. Does it really matter? Does it? Listen, I thank God that we started this school. It's been hard. We fought hell. But let me tell you how God moves in the middle of that. God's still sending people to sponsor these babies that are here that don't have a way. And we wonder, are we going to have a way? Two more sponsors last night because that's what God does. Amen. That's what God does. In the middle of trouble and trials, amen, God still moves. And so I give honor and glory to God because here's the one thing. The only thing that is dependable is Jesus. And so I know people say all the time, you're a control freak. That's fine. Here's one thing. 
We're not going to control Jesus, but we can control what you hear when you come here. Amen? We can control what your kids are going to learn if they come to school here. Amen? You have to control some things and make sure some things aren't allowed to come in this house and pollute. Amen? we got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There is a lot of faults out there, but there's so much real that we shut out the faults because we're we shut out the real because we're afraid of the faults. Let a false prophet walk up in here. I trust that you're going to know him right away. You're not dumb. Amen. I thank God. Expose the church to some things. It's okay. It's totally okay. Amen. I'm not afraid because the Holy Ghost is greater. Amen. The Holy Ghost is greater. We've had a lot of false stuff in here because we shared two Wednesday nights ago, the enemy always has a counterfeit for the things of God. The enemy has a counterfeit tongue. He has a counterfeit light. He has a counterfeit laugh. He has a counterfeit power. He has a counterfeit authority. The devil has a counterfeit for everything, a counterfeit dance. Amen. He's got a counterfeit for everything. And so you know that because you see it. And you know it in your spirit that it don't line up and agree. Make sense? And so listen, church, quit looking back. Look up and look ahead. Our redemption draws nigh. Amen. Turn the television off. <laughs> Turn it off. They're liars. <laughs> They're liars. Get it off. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Love. Amen. He can't counterfeit love. Amen. Joshua chapter 2. I'm just going to start in verse 1 and read. And uh, just try to give to you the best that I know how, what I believe the Lord has gave me. Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. We can't keep a secret for nothing in the world, can we? Boy, we'd mess that up right away. We got to just talk, don't we? <laughs> we'd spoil the promises of God just because we got to say something. Because <laughs> we, we want to tell somebody something God done told me. <laughs> we can't even be quiet, can we? No. We mess every, the promises of God all up. Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Somebody needs to know God still can use a harlot. <laughs> I said God can still use a harlot. Amen. Let me tell you this. The harlot may have more revelation than most church folks do. <laughs> Amen. We got to quit putting people down. Amen. So you can put in the harlot's place right there people that you would never sit and have lunch with. A drug addict. A meth addict, a harlot, a hooker, a prostitute, a dancer, amen, a religious person. God, if he still gets a hold of him because he still redeems, amen, he's a reputation redeemer. And as long as they get redeemed, can God not give them revelation too? Amen. Does God not have a right to do that, somebody that's messed up? Amen. God does. So they showed up at a harlot's house. I don't believe that was a coincidence. Amen, named Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men hin hither to night of the children of Israel to search out the country. 
And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they become to search out all the country. And the women took the two men and hid them, and said, Thus there came men unto me, but I was not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that men went out, whither the men went out, I don't know. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. For she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them and upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and your terror is fallen upon us, and all that the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. When are we going to walk that kind of walk? For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites, that were on the other side of Jordan, Shehan and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Now let me tell you, that's really what's going on in the world around us. But God just needs a remnant to rise up and put to action what the enemy's already heard. Amen. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that he will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou did let us down. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quiet of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And when they went... And came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned and the pursuers sought them throughout all the way but found them not. 
So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all the things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Lord, I ask that you would minister, that you would move, and that you would meet us in these altars today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to remind you of service today at 5 o'clock. Sister Tanea Gotti will be ministering a powerful word on persecution. And I don't believe that you want to miss it. Amen. God has allowed her to travel around the world. And, and uh, she's a missionary to India. And if God works all things out, then they will be going back December or January. And I promise you that you'll be blessed if you come back and invite somebody to be a part of the service tonight at 5 o'clock. Amen. And so we're just glad to have Sister Tanea with us. To, um, to the, she's been here this week, and she ministered to the kids on Friday and in the jail on Thursday, and we're just so blessed to have her. Amen. And um, we had her pastor with us the Sunday before, Pastor Don Norton, and uh, so she's from Houston, Texas, but we're just so glad that she's here with us. Amen. And so invite somebody back at 5 o'clock. Amen. So I titled this message this morning, The Recovery of Rahab's. The Recovery of Rahab's. And so I just simply just heard this, this, this voice. I just heard the Lord just say to me the other day. He said, Jared, he said, you've not even scratched the surface of what I'm about to bring you into. He said, you're going to recover the Rahab's. And the Rahab's are a top and a shadow of the remnant. It's a type and a shadow of the remnant. But it's a place and a people that really nobody wants to walk in faithfulness to God to get to the Rahabs. We want to talk about the Red Sea experience. We want to talk about the Jordan River experience. We even want to set up monuments of stones in the river and on the other side of the river bank. And we want to stop there. And I believe that I heard the Lord say, you've crossed the Red Sea, Jared. You've crossed the Jordan River, and you've even set up monuments to where your children know the way that God is moving, but you've not been faithful to walk around the walls correctly yet. And I believe I heard the Lord say walls are about to come down if we will get in line. If we'll just get in line, I believe that walls are about to come tumbling down, walls that have kept us out. For 40 years, the inhabitants and the people of Jericho heard and knew the God that could stop the Red Sea and people could take possession on the other side. They knew for 40 years who this God was. Their hearts were faint. Their hearts were full of fear. And they knew that there was a God that was greater than them. Rahab said, we know that your God is God in heaven and God in the earth. So she knew, and she said, all of these people, they said, when we heard about the Red Sea drying up, we heard about the way you dealt with the kings, we heard about the way you took possession of this land and the way that you dealt with the wicked kings, when we heard about these things, our hearts begin to faint. Can I tell you, when the devil hears about the way that God is moving and the way the church would begin to operate in the fivefold ministry, and if we don't operate in the fivefold ministry, church, then we're not operating in the fullness. I believe we've crossed some seas. I believe we've crossed 
quarrelsome rivers. I believe our children have seen monuments that we've set up, but I believe it's about time that the church would line up and get up and realize it's our day and our season, and it's now the first day that we're about to walk around the walls. I don't believe that we've seen yet, that we know what's on the inside, that Rahab's are about to rise up, that God is going to send the bride of Christ to get in order, to get in line, and begin to mount up and say, today's day one. We're about to walk. It don't make sense to me. You just want me to walk, God? You don't want me to talk? No. If you talk, then you're going to mess things up. You're going to cause division somewhere because you're going to think that you know better than God does. You're going to think you know better than Joshua does. You're going to think you know better than the pastor does. That's the reason they couldn't talk for the six days and on the seventh, they had to walk seven times. God said, don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth. Why? You'll mess it up. You'll mess it up. Does not our mouth get us in trouble? Does not the Bible say that tongue can mess everything up? Set a forest on fire? Can change the directions of course of nature? One way or another, there's power in the tongue, power in what we speak. And I believe that Pastor Joshua knew that there's power in what you say, so you better keep your mouth shut because you're going to change the course of nature. There's a woman in there that I promised. There's a woman inside of them walls that I promised her that I'd save her and her kids, that I'd save her and her mama, that I'd save her whole family if only she would do what I've asked her to do, if only she would be faithful with them spies. Let me tell you, there's a lot of harlots that are more faithful to the things of God than church people. I said there's a lot of harlots that's more faithful and can be trusted to deal with the possessions and the people of God more than most folks sitting on church pews. She was faithful to that. I said she was faithful to that. Amen. So we got to recover the Rahabs. We got to recover the Rahabs. Rahab's name means fierceness. That word fierceness can mean quality of being strong or powerful. Can I tell you that there are people that are waiting on a demonstration of God to move and they have something to offer? They have a quality of being strong and they're very powerful in the things of God. But yet many times the church would just sweep right over a Rahab. Can I tell you that Rahab's name also means broad spaces? Can I tell you, if we're ever going to step into the, to the spaces and the places where things are going to open up and be spacious and be broader than the things we know, then I believe, church, that it's time that you and I would begin to take notice and begin to recover the Rahabs. Amen? I believe that Rahab is a type of the last hour church. Amen. The book of Luke chapter 14 verse 23 speaks that he said, Now go to the highways and the hedges. He said there are people in the highways and the hedges. He said go to the lost. Amen. Go to the least. Go to those that lack. He said I've done made room for everybody else but people wanted to make excuses. I'm telling you church if I've ever seen or heard excuses I've heard them this last week or two. Amen. Why people aren't faithful to the house of God but yet we'll pack in a restaurant wall to wall but we won't come to the house of God. If there's anybody got excuses not to be faithful to the house of God Brother Michael I look to you. I 
think about me. I think about, I thought about you a lot this week. And I said, if anybody's got an excuse, that man does. But I seen him in this altar. I seen him with oxygen on his nose. And I seen him with both hands lifted up high, worshiping and praising God. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, church, God is only exposing the agenda of people's lives and their hearts. If they want, it's not about anything to do, but God is exposing who the true remnant is and let him sort out the wheat and the tares because God said that's not our job, but it is his job to do. I'm telling you, church, there's a remnant that roots are going down deep into the soil, and I'm telling you what's coming up is real fruit. It's real wheat, but let God deal with the tares the way that he's doing. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, religious people's going to get angry when God begins to use people that they can't stand. Oh, yeah. I said religious people's about to get angry when God starts using people they can't stand. Well, you thought that it was okay. It wasn't a bad thing to go, uh, to go marry that person, was it? No, it wasn't bad at all. But that was your excuse. And if who you're married to is taking you out of the will of God, you better ask yourself, <laughs> amen. It's too late if you're married. But I'm saying if you're getting married to somebody and the person you're about to marry takes you out of the perfect will of God, then you better ask yourself if you're marrying the right person. <laughs> he said, I, I, I got to go, I got a marriage, I got to go attend. So it took him out of, the, out of that perfect will of God. Well, I bought, two, I bought some oxen, I got to go try them out. Well, I bought a piece of land, I got to go check on it. You see, all these people that said they want God, but are making excuses today not to be faithful to the house of God. I know, well, I ain't got to go to church to be saved. <laughs> they hadn't been getting the, the, the text messages that I've been getting from people that are sick at home that can't come here. <laughs> people that are sending me messages saying this is the greatest attack I've ever been under in my life. The place I need the most and the people that I need more than ever in my life, I can't go. I'm telling you, God will give you an appreciation for the church. So I, so I don't want to hear your religious nonsense that I don't have to go to church to be saved. But here's the thing, the flip side of that, if you're saved, you want to be in church. Amen. I said, if you're saved, you want to be in church. Now, I understand everybody's got things. There's a lot of sick people. Amen? I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people with excuses. They made a lot of excuses. So what did, what, what did God say? He said, fine then. You want to make excuses? Then i tell you what to do. I've already offered it to them, but they wouldn't come. So go to the highways and the hedges. Go to the broken people. Go to the Rahabs. Go to the Tanners. Go to the Chases. Go to the Bubba's. Go tell them. They'll gladly come in. Go to the Jesse Halls. They'll gladly come in. Go to these people. Go to the Doms. They'll gladly come in. They need a place that is safe. You want to make excuses. They're tired of excuses. Excuses didn't get you nowhere, did it, brother? Excuses don't get us anywhere. I know where I got to be. I know where I want to be. I know what I got to do. And so get me there. Get me them people. And Jesus said, that's who I've been waiting on. And that's who I've been waiting on. And so listen to me, church. We're probably fixing to start dealing with a lot of disgruntled, angry, mad people. 
because prodigals are coming home. I said prodigals are coming home, but you better get ready to deal with that religious spirit, Brother Michael, because they're not going to line up with what God's about to do and not going to line up with who God's about to use because it's not going to look churchy. It's not going to look religious. It's not going to look the way that you think that it should look, but I'm telling you when the Holy Ghost of God begins to draw people from the highways and the hedges and begins to save them, fill them, and heal them, and not only heal them, but begins to prophesy through them and preach through them and worship through them. My God, I said, my God, it's going to make religious church people mad. But I'm telling you, church, we're entering into the season to recover the Rahabs. Hallelujah. Because let me tell you, there's things in these people that is much broader than a religious person could ever tap into. I said, if you want to open up to some broader places and spaces, then you must uncover and recover the Rahabs. You ever ministered in prison or jail? You ever know what's on the inside of them people? You ever seen the gifts and the talents and the abilities that's in them? You get, you get a gift given to you and they say, so-and-so made this from the jail. Do what? Anybody that can take string out of a sock and make a cross and a necklace out of it can take tinfoil and make a cross and a necklace out of it. You're like, where did that come from? Uh, garbage back. There you go. This brother done made a lid for his cup the other day. I said, brother, where'd you learn that? He said, well, do I got to tell you? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm just telling you for a friend too. Hey man, in case you didn't know. There's things in these people. I said there's things in these people that we've judged and put down and thought we're better than them and we've elevated ourselves above them but yet there's depth. But yet there's depth inside of the Rahabs that God is bringing us to. But what is our responsibility? If we're going to recover them, then we got to get in line. We got to get up. I'm glad you crossed the Red Sea. I'm glad you crossed that river. I'm glad we set up monuments for our children and our children's children. We can say on this day, God did so and so. You know what? We're going to point back to what happened Tuesday. On this day, can you believe 74 million people voted against abortion? Voted for abortion, voted for homosexual marriages. We're going to point back to that. There's a monument we set up. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's a Jericho in front of us. There's a Rahab with a scarlet thread hanging out of her house. And the only way that we're going to get that redeemed Rahab, the only way we're going to get that redeemed Rahab is to get up and do our part. Well, it's the first day. And I see the walls in front of me. For 40 years, they, they had made preparation because they knew the children of Israel were coming. And so them walls were so tall and so wide that Jericho had never been taken. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 that these walls were tightly shut up. Amen. They had people on top of them. Probably didn't have guns, but I'm going to say they had ak 47 <laughs> Not really. But they were ready for war. They were ready for war. They had 40 years to get prepared. Because 40 years prior, they heard how God made, made that Red Sea dry up so that the children of Israel could walk through. So for 40 years, they had time to make preparation. Imagine if they'd have just walked right through right then in one day. 
An 11 days journey took 40 years. Imagine if they had just came right to the walls of Jericho then. I can tell you the people inside there would have never had time to prepare for war the way they did. But I wonder if they kind of let down their wall and said, their guard and said, they ain't never going to come. I wonder if there's Rahabs inside of homes and family with children saying that church ain't never going to demonstrate who they say they are. They're never going to come rescue us. They're never going to get up and walk around them walls because they didn't feel God. Because they didn't, they didn't feel the presence of the Lord. Because <laughs> they sang the wrong songs. God didn't ask you none of that. He told you to get up and walk. <laughs> and I tell you what God told you to do. He told you to shut your mouth. <laughs> and he just told you to walk. He didn't ask for your advice or for your opinion. So what if you just woke up and came to church today and God just said, I just want you to go walk. I don't care if you feel God. I don't care if you hate their songs. I don't care if you hate the preacher. I don't care what you think about them. I just told you get up and walk. You don't have to say a thing. Amen? You don't have to say a thing. Just walk. But we must recover the Rahabs. Amen? Y'all still with me? I believe that this Rahab is a type of the remnant church. I believe we look to the book of Samuel, chapter chapter 30 of chapter... 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we see where the Egyptian was laid for dead. And we see that Egyptian had insight to the enemy's territory. I believe that Egyptian that was left for dead is like many of our lives. The enemy thought that he had you, and he just walked away from you, but that's where he messed up. Was he? I said, that's where he messed up. He didn't know. He thought you were just going to die there, but he didn't know that God was about to send a king to come resurrect you, did he? I said he didn't know that God was about to send a king to resurrect you and give you water and give you bread. I believe that this is the type of the remnant church. There's been many people that's been left for dead, but God has sent his king. God has sent his son, and he's come to give us bread and give us water, and we have insight to the enemy's camp that nobody else even knows about. So church, listen, let's not shun them. Some of you know things about the enemy's territory that I'll never know. Some of you know things about spirits of suicide and death and adultery and bondages and addictions and things that you've been through in your life, things that I'll never know. But God has given you insight and the devil thought that he had you in those places of death, but instead the king came and resurrected you out of that place and now God's going to use your life and say, I tell you what, take me to the enemy's camp. Take me to the enemy's camp. I divinely orchestrated you. I plucked you out of that place that the enemy thought you should have died, but now I positioned you you inside of my kingdom inside of my church and now I need you I've gave you bread I've gave you water now it's time to go to the enemy's camp so that there can be a revival where we recover all hallelujah I believe all these are a type of the a type of the remnant church amen Rahab the enemy would have loved to her have stayed a harlot but instead redemption came to her life. We must recover the Rahab's. Amen. Listen to this. Rahab's home was the perfect place for spies to hide and lodge because it was such a busy place. It was such a busy place. People in and out, in and out. Now I can tell you the busyness that was going in and out wasn't always for the right thing. <laughs> Amen. And so wouldn't it be just like for God to send two men, two spies right up inside of a harlot's house? <laughs> Amen. Because God knows how he, what he's doing. 
And God causes all things to work together for good. That door swinging wide both ways. Amen. Oh, but God said, I'm going to send two spies right up in the middle. And nobody's ever even going to know who went up in there. So it didn't take them by surprise when they came knocking on the door and asked them, were there two men that was here? It didn't take them by surprise. Amen. But this woman, Rahab, said, I'm going to lay my life down on the line. Rahab had heard how the Lord had dried up the sea 40 years before. She had heard about what God had done. Now she is ready to see God do it. Let me ask you something, church. Are you ready to be the demonstration of God so that Rahab's can be restored? Amen? Listen to this. They waited 40 years. They waited 40 years. Rahab and her family had waited and heard for 40 years. And all the inhabitants of that land, 40 years what God had done. But now there's about to be a demonstration of who God is. Listen to me. 40 years, it wasn't Pharaoh's fault. It won't be Biden or Trump's fault. It wasn't Moses' fault. It won't be the pastor's fault. Guess whose fault it was that it took them 40 years instead of 11 days? It was the people's fault. I said it was the people's fault. And let me tell you what, it'll be our fault, the people, that no matter what way the election goes, but if the church gives in and gives up and backs up and backs down, it'll be our fault. It won't be Biden's fault. It won't be Trump's fault. It won't be the Democrats' fault. It won't be the Republicans' fault. And guess what? I'm going to tell you, it won't be my fault because I stand before you this day and I'm telling you the truth and I believe I'm telling you what saith the Lord this day. I'm telling you, church, we better arise and awaken and know that if we don't wake up, I'm telling you, church, it will be our fault because me and you, God has called this church to rise up and to move forward and take possession of the promised land and watch walls come down. Hallelujah. I said it won't be their fault. It won't be the White House's fault. It won't be the schoolhouse's fault. It'll be our house's fault. Amen. It was their fault. It wasn't Pharaoh's fault. It wasn't Moses' fault. It was the people that kept rebelling and being stiff-necked towards God. Listen to this. People have heard what our God can do. We're the generation that will show them the demonstration of what God is about to do. I believe, I heard God say that. You and I are the generation that will see this unfold. I believe we're the generation of the two spies. I believe that we're the generation of the two spies. I believe God's got rid of the ten. I believe God is getting rid of the ten. And he said, I got two. What's their name? Well, I don't know. Could be Caleb. Could not be Caleb. They're no name, but they're two spies. It's okay. It's okay nobody knows who we are. It's okay nobody knows about what we do. But I'm telling you, I know where God sent me. He sent me to Rahab's house. Because there's a greater plan in order. There's a son, Jesus, that's got to come. And if Jesus is ever going to be born, it's going to come through this harlot. I just need two spies to get in her house. Amen. I just need two spies to get in her house. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to be used in the hands of God even if nobody knows who you are? (laughs) Are we willing to be the two spies to go into a harlot's house? No matter what people say about you? (laughs) 
Amen. They had to lay their reputation down on the line. Can we be faithful to God to do that? Or will you give in to sin? Just asking you. God needs faithful people. He needs faithful people. The second thing I want to tell you this morning is that there's a revelation of Rahab. Verse 23 and 24 of chapter 2 says, So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all things that befell them. Verse 24, And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. How did they get that information relayed back to Joshua? Who told them? Rahab. Rahab had a revelation, not only of what God had done, but what the enemy had given into. <laughs> See, she told everything. She held the key. And she told these two spies, we heard about your God. And so what happened to their hearts when they heard about what God done? They fainted within them. So now what is on the inside of these two spies? Rahab just opened the door and told these two spies, this land is yours. You heard that? This land is our land. <laughs> Y'all heard that song? Amen. That's what Rahab was telling these two spies. This land that we're in is now your land. <laughs> And so who holds the key to that? Rahab, this harlot, there was a revelation on the inside of her that she deposited unto these two men. And now these two men are the relayer and they're going back to Joshua and saying, surely, surely what God said is so. How do you know it's so? Because God sent us to a harlot's house. How do you know it's so? How do you know we can take possession of the land? Because God sent us to the harlot's house and the harlot had revelation. If you only know what was in her, oh, she's got a scarlet thread hung out of that window. She's waiting on us, the church, to get to her. How are we going to get to her? We're going to awaken. We're going to rise up and we're going to walk around the wall the way God said so. I said there's revelation in the harlot's house. <laughs> there is. There's revelation there. Oh, God's going to get angry. <laughs> God, God's, I mean, people, religious people's going to get angry because they don't like the way that God uses somebody else. They don't like it. They don't like it. They don't like it. Religious people don't like it when God starts using harlots. Amen. Because here's what they don't understand, redemption. Because religion's never been redeemed. I said religion's never been redeemed. And religion can't be redeemed because religion put Jesus on a cross. The only way religion can be redeemed is by repentance. But religion can't be. Because religion don't think that she's wrong. Religion, I said religion can't be redeemed because religion thought they were right even when they nailed Jesus to the tree. Oh, they worshipped him one day, but then they crucified him the next. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest one day. And then the next day they were hollering, crucify him, crucify him. So you're going to tell me that you can redeem that? You're going to tell me that Jesus' blood can redeem that? No. You know why? He said, forgive them, Lord. They don't even know. 
Religious people don't even know what they're doing. They just know they can't stand what God is doing through people they don't line up with. You see, the Holy Ghost inside of redeemed Rahab's frustrate the demons of the religious nuts. <laughs> Did you hear me? The redemption of Rahab's and the power of the Holy Ghost in their life frustrate the demons of the religious nuts. They can't stand it. So what do they do? They try to fix them. They try to set them down. They try to go tattletale on them. And they say, that's not right. That's out of order. That's not this. That's not that. I'm okay if somebody's out of order that is right with God. <laughs> I can deal with a redeemed person that's out of order. <laughs> But you try, to, you try to deal with a religious person that can't be redeemed. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Huh? You try to deal with that religious person can't be redeemed. They're going to talk so bad about you and that thing's going to fly all over you. I can't even tell you what all they've said. You don't trust in me and my gifts in this house. Well, I don't know you. I don't know you and your gifts. So, oh, no, you're right. I don't trust you. I need to have a meeting with you, sir, in your office because I don't think you know who I am and you don't trust me and my gifts. Well, I don't know you, so I didn't know I was supposed to trust you and your gifts. I'm sorry, sister. <laughs> That's what people want. You know they're religious if they got to talk about all they have and what they can do. How can you redeem that? The only way you can redeem religion is if that religious person will repent, submit. And that's few and far between. God can do it, but it's few and far between. I'd much rather deal with a redeemed Rahab because you talk to them. You talk to them. I'm sorry, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And you know what? I can totally deal. And they probably say, man, I'm going to say, I know you didn't know. Because I know the way you've lived for that enemy. I can tell you, harlot, it didn't matter. That door just swinging all day and all night. So that harlot's probably thinking, man, I got to serve God the way that I served the enemy. And so they totally receive guidance. And correction. They're craving it because they don't want to live that way anymore. But the moment you sit down with a religious person, don't tell me. I've been doing this longer than you. I've been doing this for 35 years. <laughs> you know you're dealing with religion. There's not only a recovery of Rahab and a revelation of Rahab, but there's also a redemption of Rahab. How do you know she's redeemed, Pastor? Because two men went in there and never gave in to her harlotry. And guess what? She never even tried to put what she once was. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard me because I believe if you've ever been in the harlot's shoes before. <laughs> 
I said, if you've ever been in her shoes before and know that two spies can come walk in your house and that not even be on the inside of you any longer, oh, you know now God can trust you. Now God trusts your life. God knows that Rahab has been redeemed. God knows that that scarlet thread was already in her heart before it ever draped out of her window. And so God said, I can trust Rahab's house to hide the spies and she's not going to put her harlotry on them. Isn't it something when God starts trusting people like that? God starts trusting an old meth addict 18 years ago. Hallelujah. When God can start trusting people that was broke, busted, disgusted, and couldn't be trusted by nobody to start pastoring people, start being a principal of a school, start leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ, can start prophesying through them, worshiping through him, taking adulterers and put him on a platform to start singing behind a keyboard. My God, isn't it just like God to move in this last day to take somebody that was messed up, found up, take a harlot, take a prostitute, take a dancer, take a drug addict, take the lost, take the abused, take the molested, take the broken. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Isn't it just like God to move through a people to bring revival forward? Hallelujah. I said there's a redemption to Rahab. She didn't sleep with him. <laughs> no. But she gave revelation to them. <laughs> she was redeemed. How you know? Because there was blood in that house. <laughs> I said, there's blood in that house. There's a process to that scarlet thread becoming scarlet. It wasn't already scarlet. <laughs> there's a process. When the blood comes to my life, you don't, uh, that blood washes immediately. But the, what the blood does bring is a process called sanctification. <laughs> Amen. Your sins are forgiven. But then there's a process that starts in that life. Sister, the process of sanctification is tough at times. But the blood is evident. <laughs> the blood is evident. So evident on their life. But there's a process to that scarlet thread getting there. There was a process that Jesus had to walk through for that blood. There's a process you and I is going to have to walk through when we carry our cross. It don't just happen, boom, boom, boom. Amen. There's a process. You can't have Christ without a cross. There's a process when you deny yourself and you carry your cross. There's a process. Amen. But there was blood in that house. Everything that was needed in that house to turn that scarlet thread to scarlet was already in the house. <laughs> it was already there. And I'm telling you, everything that you need for a miracle and for God to spare you and your family, <laughs> it's in the house. <laughs> I said it's in the house. Everything you and I need is present in the house. Amen. Rahab is redeemed. How do you know, Pastor, she's redeemed? I saw the blood. <laughs> That's enough for me. But I can tell you the goodness of God, it didn't stop there. <laughs> it didn't stop there. It didn't stop with just blood hanging out of her window. Amen. Let's look to Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> can I tell you, this harlot made it to the hall of faith. <laughs> I said, I got to tell you, this harlot made it to the hall of faith. 
Some of you thought that it was over. Religious nuts said it was over for you one day, didn't they? Woo! Brother Michael, they said it was over for you. <laughs> oh, but God, I can tell you what the devil would love to do. The devil has dug all of our grave, and he tried to bury us all in it. Amen. But I come to tell somebody today in this house, I said, if Rahab, the harlot, can make it to the hall of faith, I'm telling you everything under the sound of my voice. I don't care what sin you've been in. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it smells like. I don't care where you've been, where you are, where your marriage is. Where your children are, if Rahab the harlot made it to the hall of faith, so will we. Hallelujah. I know she's redeemed because the word says she's redeemed. Hallelujah. Listen to what the word of God says. Hebrews 11 verse 31, by faith the harlot Rahab perish not with them that believe not when she had received the spies with peace. Amen. She received what the others wouldn't. Amen. The others wanted to kill them, but she saved. My God, only a redeemed person wants to see somebody saved and not killed. I said only a redeemed person wants to see somebody saved and not killed. I know she's redeemed. Hallelujah. James chapter 2. Verse 25, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them another way. Can I tell you, when you're redeemed, you live like it. <laughs> I said when you're redeemed, you live like it. People don't have to, shouldn't have to look upon your life and say, are they saved or not? Come on, somebody. I said, people on the outside of the church shouldn't have to look upon my life or your life and say, well, I can't tell if old Dom saved today or not. I seen him on live feed at GFCC, but on Monday, he don't look like he's still saved. <laughs> Trying to embarrass your own mother. Yeah, people's tired of the fake. Amen. I said, when you've been redeemed, you'll live like you've been redeemed. Amen. I said, you'll act like you're redeemed. And the works that you do will be out of a redeemed life. I'm not working to get redeemed. I've already been redeemed, so that makes me work. That makes me hide some spies. Amen. My works don't make me redeemed, don't make me any better, and don't make God love me more. But because God loves me more than anybody else, because God saved me, I'm telling you, when I didn't deserve it, oh, there's something on the inside of me. I can't stop. I can't quit. I can't be quiet. No, 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 no. There's something on the inside of me that makes me want to work. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Woo. There's something that makes me want to go. There's something that makes me want to hide spies. There's something that makes me want to come to the house of God no matter what. There's something. Sister Tanea is going to preach about persecution. I promise the only way you're going to make it through persecution is if you've been redeemed. <laughs> a redeemed life don't always make sense. <laughs> it just don't. Lay hands on somebody that I could die from, go to a country where they can cut your neck off at. She told them kids on Friday, 
She's got the mark of the voice of the martyrs on her neck. She said, I did that so they don't have to put one on me. She said, when I go into these countries, they're already going to know that I'm saved. And if you want my head, here it is. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. Here it is right here. And so church, listen to me. The redeemed life don't always make sense. It don't always make sense. Can we be okay? Lord, I'm redeemed. Lord, I'm going to hide these spies, even though it don't make sense. I don't know the biggest picture, but God, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. Hallelujah. She was redeemed. Check this out. Matthew chapter 1. Oh, this is beautiful. This will bring me to my next place. I'm trying to close. Matthew 1, 5. It said, And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. How you know she's redeemed, Pastor? Well, if I keep reading on, you're going to see where Jesus comes out of the lineage of Rahab. That's a pretty weak clap. I said there's a harlot in the lineage of Jesus. How do you know she's redeemed, Pastor? Because my Jesus is perfect. There was no sin in him. No spot, no wrinkle. I'm telling you, he was a perfect Christ. And I'm telling you, in that lineage is an imperfect woman named Rahab. Oh, would Ruth have ever found Boaz? Ah, had Rahab never been redeemed. I'm telling you this, God saw it all. God saw it all inside Jericho. He saw it all when they crossed that sea 40 years. He saw it all. But he also saw it all when Ruth said, Entreat me. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Oh, God had already redeemed that heart. He had already put blood in that house. He had already saved that heart. And not only for him, not only for, for, for Ruth, but for you and I. Because one day out of the lineage of Rahab, Christ Jesus would come. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God knows the plan. Church, we'll miss everything. We'll miss every intricate detail. And so many people just brush right over the harlots. How many people will just walk right over? She's nothing but a harlot. <laughs> Ruth didn't think so. <laughs> Ruth didn't think so. <laughs> Ruth said, she probably said, I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> I know what she was. 
and because Boaz probably kept Ruth from becoming what Rahab ever was. Ruth didn't think so. And let me tell you what, if you ask a saved person what they think about Rahab, because <laughs> there's no way we could be washed in the blood if it weren't for Rahab. <laughs> so if you're saved and on your way to heaven, what drives you? Are you willing to hide two spies in your house even when it don't make sense? Now there's one last thing that I got to say. I don't know who's playing, but would you come? The problem is, Rahab can be redeemed. Rahab can be recovered. But we got to let Rahab reproduce. <laughs> you got to let Rahab reproduce. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying she had to give birth to Boaz. <laughs> if you just let Rahab be redeemed, but you don't let Rahab reproduce, How's Ruth ever going to find her helpmate? <laughs> How's Naomi going to make it if Boaz isn't in that field? How is Ruth and Naomi and you and I going to ever understand the handfuls on purpose <laughs> if we don't let the Rahabs reproduce? We're not. we got to let Rahabs. Why we want to keep Chase's back and Bubba's back? We got to turn y'all loose and let you reproduce. You see, you have insight to things of the enemy that I don't. You got to let Rahab's begin to reproduce. If Rahab wouldn't have reproduced, would Jesus have ever come? But here's what we say. Well, she was a harlot. Well, I don't agree with it. Well, it's just not time. Well, it's just not this. Now, I believe you got to watch somebody's life. Amen, didn't I tell you that the other day, Chad? But I can't wait to turn this brother loose. Amen, I can't wait to turn him loose. Here's the thing, he's already turned loose. He's not waiting for a pulpit. He's already turned loose. Amen. <laughs> this brother came back to church today because Chad invited him last night. He's already turned loose. He don't need a mic in a pulpit. Turn him loose, he's turned loose. Dom's turned loose. Now look. Reproduction. No telling what that baby's going to be. When we dedicate that baby in a few weeks, no telling who's going to be in this house. Cause your reproduction. You never know what reproduction will bring into God's kingdom. You never know. <laughs> and so if we don't let the Rahabs reproduce, then what good are we really doing in the kingdom of God? Well, let's just put reins on them and hold them back so they can reproduce. But here's the last thing I want to say. This is our responsibility. We got to release the Rahabs. For 40 years, Rahab sat in that house waiting on a demonstration of God. The only way that she knew, Michaela, that it was her time to come out, the only time they knew that she would be spared the church had to be the church. God told the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 6, six days I want you to get up and walk around these walls. And I don't want you to open your mouth. I just want you to walk. 
And on the seventh day, I want you to walk seven times. Is that right? Seven times. And I don't want you to open your mouth. But when I tell you to, I want you to shout. I want you to shout. You see, there's a lot of shouting going on in the media. There's a lot of shouting going on from the devil. Anybody ever just hear the devil shout? You ever just hear the devil just taunt you and say, you'll always be a harlot? (laughs) You'll never amount to anything. It's what you're always going to be, what you're always going to do, what you've always done. But what if there comes a release? Because the church grew up and became the church. And the church got in order. And the order that I'm talking about, they didn't put the mighty men that were ready for war in the front. The men with the trumpets couldn't blow the way they'd always blown whenever they got ready to. It don't matter how good their gift was to blow the horn. (laughs) God didn't need it until he said blow it. It don't matter how good you can shout, sing, or preach. If you can't submit, your shout is to no account. A premature shout would have been an unsubmitted shout. And if you can't line up in order and walk, (laughs) you don't need to sing or preach or teach. One of the most dangerous people you can ever give a microphone to is somebody that's unsubmitted. Tell them no. No, get in the back of the line, not the front. So if Rahab is going to be released, then the church had to walk right. The church had to be right. And the church had to do exactly according to what the Lord said do. And that is six days. I want you to get up and walk around the walls. And I don't want you to shout. I don't want you to sing. I don't want you to open your mouth. I don't want you to blow the trumpets. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to walk. That's fine on day one. But whenever it comes to day six and you ain't seen God do nothing yet, you start wanting to open your mouth, don't you? But the number six is the number of man. And God said that if walls are going to come down, we got to get past the man. We got to get past the flesh. And we got to wake up one more day. And we got to move beyond man again because it isn't about man or flesh. If we're going to see walls come down, it's got to be supernatural. It's got to be supernatural. We got to walk with God. And the only way I can walk with God, even when it don't make sense, it's got to be supernatural. It's got to be. It's got to be supernatural. And so here's what the word says. They walked around the walls and they knew that in the city that everything, for the most part, was wrong and was going to die except who? Rahab and her house. And so if there's going to be a release of the Rahab anointing, if there's going to be a release of the Rahab remnant, then the church has to get in order and we have to walk 
And we have to do what God said to Verse 20 of Joshua 6, so the people shouted when the priest blew the horn. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass and the edge of the, with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out the woman and all that she has that you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren. Sounds like increase to me. Sounds like a release of a church to me. Sounds like a remnant to me that had good seed, redeemed blood, and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Listen, and Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. And her father's household and all that she had and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. Why? Because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So church, if there's going to be a release of the Rahabs, we have to walk in the order of God. When God said blow the horn, blow the horn. When God says shout, he means shout. And that shout isn't just a little shout. Well, I went to church today and I shouted. So I thought about this. I really couldn't get away from it. It means to shout. It means to raise a sound. It means to cry out. It means to give a blast. It means to shout a war cry or alarm of battle. To sound a signal for war or march. To shout in triumph over enemies. To shout in applause. To shout with religious impulse. To cry out into distress, to utter a shout, to shout in triumph, to shout for joy, to know that something is destroyed, you shout, to make a noise, to alarm, to triumph, to cry. Listen to this. It also means ruah. This word ruah means to break something. (laughs) It means to break something. The Hebrew word for shout here means ruah. The primitive root to mar, especially by breaking. That means that whenever you shout right, when you can submit right, that God will use your voice to break demonic strongholds. That there's an anointing that breaks the yoke. That just as the breaker anointing was in the book of Isaiah, the same anointing is in us. To break through. It also means to split the ears with sound. Have you heard a lot of ear splitting lately on the media? 
You've heard about BLM and Antifa in the streets making a noise. When is the church of Jesus Christ going to rise up and know that you possess a shout, that you possess an anointing, that you possess an authority, that whenever you open up your mouth, that it's going to sound an alarm, that the enemy's going to know that God's people is in my presence, that God's people is around, that there's going to be an alarm, there's going to be a cry, there's a voice of triumph, and it's going to split the devil's ears when we shout. Walls are coming down. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.